Okay, today I'm in Swansea with Brett Lloyd. All right, Brett, thanks very much for uh, inviting me up here to talk to you. No problem. Now, would you describe yourself as a professional punter? I wouldn't, same because when it comes to the likes of Benham, Patrick Veach horses, Bloom, they're out of my league. They totally, they totally, I do nothing else. So I suppose professional punter is the term. But I'm not in a I'm not in a league, you know. I'm I don't fool myself. I'm, you know, I am what I am. And if I got the same amount of money this time next year as I got today, and I've lived a year, I'm over the moon. So so what's your angle? What's your game? I mean, how do you how do you make it pay? I got a very very uh, well informed gentleman who tells me I helped him years ago. With information and he's he's the I don't know anybody ever been better at you know getting to know things. Um, he's obviously a very genuine man. He pays and is I, he is he a form student or or does he get to know dark horses? No, just all solely information. Right, because a lot of a lot of people sort of say you know don't listen to inside information, but there's obviously there, there's like you know there's people who. Like there's people who's like get to know. Um, the problem with it is then people who, when you use that information, the get to know people, you know yourself, your account just get shut. I've had a kid, um, he bet five to one galloping the champs to win the King George, come closed for two hundred pound. But yeah, you know. well, we'll talk about the actual. Practicalities yeah, okay. of professional punting in a minute, but I'm interested in your past and how you started. So, as far as I'm aware, you started on the other side of the fence working with bookies at point to points and trotting. Yes, that's true. Um, a gentleman by the name of Noel Thomas from Pont de Prise took me under his wing, t taught me everything I know, absolutely everything. Um, I was going to say he should be a millionaire, he is, but. He should he should have hundred times for his knowledge and his work ethic. He he never ever made enough. You know he should have had a lot more out of bookmaking than he did. You know he he go we go away when three hundred quid when his knowledge and you know I take I'd have a score in my pocket and I come home with one seventy and I'm just punting on what he tells me. Yeah. You know just a astronomically knowledgeable man. The first time I was aware of you was running around the betting rings would have been in the late 90s yeah and you were making it pay then so how did you get was that inside information or were you a form student in those days late 90s it would be people just telling me different things you know i'd go to the point to points and obviously enter chase at chepstow didn't you know it didn't used to be common knowledge to everybody um and just in them days, trying to take nine to four about the two to one chances. Um, no bet fair. Nobody knew if they were two to one or ten to one. You know, but said with follow the right people. I remember following Ashley, who worked for Chandler's, and then Adge. You know, I used to think, well, if they want to be on, I want to be on. Yeah. You know. So you went racing to make sure you got the right information. Yeah, yeah, but without without getting told anything. You know, just faces followed. You know, people I knew that were winners. And were you doing that for a living then? No, not for a living, no. Um, more, 
you know, if I had 200 quid, I'd jump on a train and go to Bledlow. If I didn't have 200 quid, well, I'd have to wait to get 200 quid. Taunting, to be on. Yeah. You know. Now, you were one of these people that um, was involved within running quite early on. Yeah. How did you... Um, how did you discover that in running better? I was in a trotting meeting in Trigaran, a two-day meeting, and I was in a nightclub in Arborswith, and Kevin Lambert, who better Kevin Miles, was telling me about it. He just started, and he said to me, he said, if you want to come down the shop, me and Martin, his mate Martin Cavanagh, will sponsor you, etc., etc. Okay. So it was a bank holiday Monday, and I'd gone to Penny Bont, which is in Landwin Dodwells, and I'd won a monkey making a book. So I got the monkey. So I've taken the monkey down uh, John's shop, put it into Betfair, and just never, ever needed any help from anyone. I had a two ponies a winner the first time I fried it, and I never, ever went behind. So was it, I mean, everybody looks back on it now, um, and people got fortunes out of the game. I mean, was it like finding it on the floor in those days? Uh, I was a bit different. I was where the boys in the shop were would bet 10 to 1, 6 to 1 and turn over a lot of money. I was in that 6 to 4 to 2 on market and bet a lot of winners. And was it like finding on the floor? Yes. It was. It, so you were you were backing them. You had the fast pitches. Yeah. So you were backing them at 6 to 4 when they were probably 10 on. Uh, not, not, not like that. When you say fast pitches, mind SIS pitches and racing UK pitchers. So, you know, the same as everybody else, but the people watching on ATR. Oh, you had the fiber, you had the fast fiber connection? Yes, we had and all... you had the interfaces as well? Yeah, uh, I forget what it's called, no, grass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what was, I mean, how many, how many lads would have been in that shop? When I went in there, first of all, you couldn't get a seat for love or money, probably 20, and I used to go down there, it'd be 20 miles from me, I'd go on a train and taxi or bus, and hoping that somebody would go early, not turn up anything. You know, I was like the first reserve to get in a seat. And what sort of figures at the height of that were you winning in those days? The best year was my first year. And I think, I know it was 380 something thousand. Started off with a monkey. And those exactly were the days money. before, obviously long before premium charge and- Yeah, yeah. Premium charge must, I tell you, why it was 2007, I think. And I think premium charge come in 2011 or 12. Yeah, so you had a good run at it. And you've, 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 you've enjoyed the trappings of your success because you were featured in Gary Wilch's book, stood in front of your, um, your expensive car. Brand new Porsche. Um, I tell you, I phoned Dick Lovett, strange name for a garage, but uh, I'm on the phone to him. I said, I said, I want a brand new Porsche. We got a grey 144 grand, we got a red 144, we got a white one, it's 50. I said, it's the same as the others. He said, there's only three in Great Britain. I said, I want the white one. And I've turned up with the reddies in a bag, and then I've had to go back and get a banker's draft, because they couldn't take the money off me. £6,000 I had to pay or something. But uh, that's, how, that's how good things were. And was it similar for the other guys? Doing the well, I don't know the other people. Like some, there would be a couple in there who I'd estimate would be better than me. Um... I know Dave's very successful, um, some people not so successful, but there was a lot of money about for, you know, amazing amounts of money for, for people. There was boys in there that wouldn't know Frankie de Tory. 
200 grand in one year. Like that, it was, they, they treated it as a computer game. And like, you know, the 12 to 1 chances, six in front, jump in the second last, and run for three years. Like when they won, they had it off. You know, I wouldn't be betting that because I think you can you could have known too much. Or uh, not known too much, I had too much of an opinion. Yeah, did you, um, apart from in the car, mm. did you invest the, any of the money sort of in sensible things when you were no, flying? Well, uh, if you think race horses, harness racing horses, greyhounds, um, weekly flights to Dubai is sensible, then yes. But as uh, George Best said, he said, I gambled birds and drank most of my money and I wasted the rest. Um, so no, never bought houses, never bought, just me and Dave had great, great times. I think we've, we must have owned 65, 70 horses. Did you sort of, I assume the way you were spending money, did you sort of think that the in-running was going to go on forever? I obviously hoped it would. No, nothing like that could last forever, but like I still didn't make hay while the sun shined as much as I could because I'd wake up on a Thursday morning and think, oh, Taunton's on today. And I'd just go for a day out and aggravate, you know, different people down there and, you know, ask them for ridiculous bets and, you know. So when, when did it all start to change? When did you realise that, hang on a minute, this isn't quite the game it was? Premium charge. Premium charge, absolutely. I didn't think it mattered to me. But I always think that, like I'm a glass half full man. Um, but what I found was the players in my market drastically reduced because we'd bet so many, uh, or they'd lay, uh, you know, a lot of winners. It hit them. You know, they weren't turning over enough. I don't really know how the premium charge works exactly, but they, you know, they were in my market. So, you know, them layers at six to four to two on just, just slowly disappeared. And what sort of scale were you playing at? How much per click would you have had back in the £666. And the only reason it was that is when I'd log in, I just went 666. You know, put it in the corner per bet, 666. No other reason other than that. That's tempting fate, that, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah it, it, it started at £25. Then it went up to £50, then it went up to £100, then it went up to one 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 two 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 three three three, and so on. But I found I found 668 was too much because as the premium charge kicked in, it was taking, I was t going too low. I'd only bet the two on. Um, just, and the machine, the technology, give me that edge, you know, every, you know, I very rarely, very, very rarely bet six seven to one. I can remember one Monday, and funny thing, John Lovell made a plaque. 21 races, 21 nil to me. I never bet nothing under two on. Take a bit of doing. You know, it It was only, you know, how much did I win? 4,000 odd pound or something. Average 200 pound a race, 300 pound a race. You know, my whole... Whole thing plus 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 twenty one or twenty one. 
So there must have been a few people that dropped out then for you to be able to get in the seat regularly enough. Yeah. So not everybody found it as easy as you. No, it was... It, some people some people couldn't make it pay... Well, not couldn't make it pay, but some people won't allow this out to lose. Some people thought they knew too... Well, didn't know too much. And some people just couldn't press buttons to... You know, they just can't do... They couldn't do it. I know people are a lot cleverer than me that tried and couldn't do it. Did you um, progress? Because I, I know people that were doing it and getting a few quid, and then when people started going on course in boxes and things, they realised a bit too late that they'd yeah. done their money. Did you progress on to course? No, I I started in uh, Dave and John, uh, Dave and James's shop. I never ever went anywhere else. Um, I one thing I am is loyal. Um, another shop in Cardiff opened. Had turf TV. What have you? What have you? Not me, I stayed, I stayed, the boys have gone to London, the boys have gone to the tracks, the boys have got drones, every single thing. I just stayed with the boys. That's, you know, without them, I'd have, I'd have nothing. And do you still do, you still do it now? Is, is it still there? Is is the level shop still there? No, no, it's, it's shut now, I believe, because uh, they've gone on to Dragon Bet, and it was some all success in the world, like the two, two lovely, lovely boys. Um, so you don't bet in running at all anymore? No. I think I think it's finished. You know, I watch I watch the markets on my phone. The money's just not in there. So all these people keep going. Some people are still making a pay. You know, I spoke to a few boys down in Fossil. Oh yeah, we still win. We still win. mystifies me, but you know, they're obviously better than me. All right, Brett. I'm interested because when you were absolutely flying, you owned between sixty-five and seventy horses with uh, David Lovell. Yeah. Now, that must have cost an absolute fortune. Well, the most we had at one time is 17, I, I think. But the ins and outs, we used to have them, gamble them, give them to the riding for the disabled, you know. Because after we had one go over them, they were not a lot of good to us anyway. Yeah, but you, but that would cost you, what, £400 a week each to keep in training? Uh, at least. At least. We used to budget for £1,000 uh, every two weeks per horse. That's vets bills. Uh, we were on a good thing with him at the time. I think the horses were two hundred and twenty-five pound basic per week. So we was there from day one. So, so you got yourself a few quid. You didn't have to. Um, you didn't have to go and win it that next week to to pay for your bills. I no, that was never the case. And to be honest with you, Tim was up and coming at the time with his family. I would never do that. You know, I would never. That's not me at all. If you know, if I asked somebody to do something, I got the money for them, you know. And if as soon as the money was getting scared or next month was potentially, you know, difficult, I I'd pull the plug. Yeah. So you were so you were buying these horses predominantly to gamble on, yeah. rather than to breed and yeah, to sell yeah. Never bred, never bred horse in a row. So what 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 would be your tactics then? Where where would you get the horses from, and what would you? Me me and Tim would go to, go to the races. Dave would just stay in the office, as usual. Uh, we'd claim in race. We'd have a runner, probably. We'd claim the second, the fifth, the third. Might claim three or four to that. Tim would take him back home. He'd gallop and he'd say, this horse needs three weeks, this horse needs six weeks. Three and six weeks. That's when they'd go to the races. So this anticipating that Tim would be good enough to improve them. So you you choose certain yards you buy them from, so but, Tim can improve them. Yes, we we would do that. But um, 
more than there'd be more more case of there's yards we wouldn't take them out of, yeah. other than yards we would. Would that would that be because you didn't think you could improve on yeah. Martin Pipes? Or yeah, that's exactly like David Pipe is a prime example who, who we wouldn't you know. Like we have had a couple from Nicky Anderson's, but that's not because we think we can improve them. You know, we think they're no good to him, and they'd be all right for us. You know, if you know that sort of thing. But uh, there are yards it's impossible to improve as you know as you. And when remember. you were buying all these horses, did you, was it in your minds that you would actually make it pay, or was it because you had so much money you were just having fun? But uh, we would make it pay, and we did make it pay. But it was so much fun, absolutely so much fun. Um, just great, like you turn up and like everybody be looking at you, and you know, you're the William Mills man. His name escapes. You know, like oh, Brett, you're from Tim's. Like you know, we'd be talking on the phone to the head office or something like, and like you know, just just absolutely great, like tremendous, phenomenal time in my life. And what were the some of the most memorable winning? Gambles. Uh, Rower bet at Saddle it was very good. We had a footwell full of money coming on. Um, there's been some astronomical ones. It was uh, the biggest touch we tried to have was a horse called Rosnick at Wincanton, and Alan Jones produced something to beat us three quarters of a length with 26 lengths back to the third, two mile 20 on the top of the ground. Uh, but Rosnick went on to win a few races after. Um, there's a couple I've had from other stables, which the BHA have been interested in, but you know what I mean. I'm not so. But not I mean, what was what was your tactics then to get these horses lined up for a touch? Because you obviously got to keep something under wraps. Yeah, uh, what what we used to do: ninety percent of the horses, we'd claim them. Uh, Tim would do his best to get them fit. Uh, get into the reds, phenomenally good at it, and and that was that. And then, you know, l later on we'd give them away. We, you know, if they were quiet, we'd go into the riding for the disabled, things like that. That's, but like every horse we have, we ever bought, there was a purpose. You had a plan for it. Well, the, not a, not a plan mapped out, but you know, we'd be buying them with a plan in mind. Yeah. Now you um, do you want to talk about the Hereford one? Um, I can tell you the truth. I can tell you the this truth about like. it. Uh, like. yeah. yeah, I can tell you the truth about it. Delith Thomas was on the TV and on the Betfair forum. They were saying things like the, the most poisonous woman alive. I can swear on my children's life, she told the truth. It was absolutely one hundred. What she so said. For what people don't. One, for people that don't know, tell us a story. Uh, she she took a horse uh, from Tim's that was was David's, and she she took fourteen or whatever fourteen days whatever the, the amount of time plenty of time anyway. The horse was in her yard because the BHA have gone and filmed it. You know they took Tim's CCTV. It was in her yard. They had the shoulder something done with the shoulder. Uh, a gentleman who worked for Tim was also worked for Delith said, told us, told me the story, and we took our chance. And, you know, it was a bit of a kerfuffle with the jockey change, etc., etc. <laughs> Go on then, give us the kerfuffle. <laughs> well, it, it was down for Dino to ride, 
and first of all he said he broke down then his gran something happened to his gran then he went to the dentist well anyway the richard johnson's taken over and i think he's won 25 lengths or something and uh, my current my current my wife was when we just started dating at the time she's had 100 pound on and i thought to myself that's the end of that like i can't get rid of her now can i <laughs> and uh, and they were all booing in Eddieford, but like there was no like nothing nothing no rules were broken the BHA, like, question, I do my phone records and everything. No rules were broken. Yours needs to be away 21 days or 14, I'm not sure. But he was away all that time. It was all in Delith's name. And if Delith walked in by there now, she wouldn't know I was. And it was, did you back it all on course? Or not not some, a penny. Did, did not a penny on course. I remember Neville, Neville Emery, who's quite a good friend of mine. They've interviewed him and he said, the the people behind this, or the not the people, the people involved who would be involved with this, are a good punter of mine, and he would lay me, he would have laid me like thirteen thousand or two or whatever, um, and like he said, he hasn't had a shilling on, and I hadn't, on course. Um, certain bookmakers tried not to pay. Why nothing's nothing's wrong? Like nobody's broken any rules. You know, if an horse improves. When a horse improves, go into Tim's. But this this horse had had a shoulder problem. I mean, I'm not up to date with all things like that, but like, I knew he was in not injured, but he had problems before, and the problem had gone. So people, the bookies anticipated that it wouldn't. It was gone from from Tim yeah. for the wrong reason, and it's gone. Away. And you got paid. Everybody paid you in the end, even the ones no idea, no idea to this day. I can remember stopping in the lee by Cornelia Slice that was on the radio and he's saying, oh, a big gambler daddy for today. And I got a piece of the racing post and people were saying, right, this is what I've had for you, which I previously said, but I didn't have a clue. So if he'd missed any out, I still wouldn't know. Did we get all the money? Still don't know. So how much would you have copped? Uh, can't, I can't, rough, rough estimate. I can't remember, to be honest with you. I know Dave was playing. 10 grand, 50 grand, 100 grand? It'd be six figures. Six figures? It'd be six figures. Between me and Dave, well, the same now between me and Dave and the, and a few other people, not a few other people, like close friends, close friend who, you know, who I would like put on and tell them they've won, if you know what I mean, like. Yeah. And um, you're the another, uh, you never claim to fame. You're the only connections, as far as I know, that have ever dropped off Tony McCoy. Yes, that's well, I I don't know any. It was a Sunday afternoon. Dickie, Richard Johnson was a Towster, Tony McCoy at Fontwell. And Towster was abandoned, so Richard Johnson had gone to Fontwell to ride a couple of horses. Well, uh, AP was on one of, one of ours in the last, and um, Tim had rang, he said, do you, want, do you want to jock AP off and put uh, Dickie on? I said, well, he's our jockey, you know, he rides for us. And me and Dave were laughing, and... 20 minutes later, over the SIS tunnel, yeah, jockey change at 525 Fontwell, or whatever. Uh, Richard Johnson replaces Tony McCoy. And like I said, I'm, and Dickie said he, he never replaced McCoy unless he's injured ever, you know, ever before. Now, when, when the betting and running sort of started to come to an end, could you foresee that this empire of horses was going to have to go before it got messy yes um not so much before it got messy like 
you know, I think the world of Tim and Abby and the family there, I, you know, me and Dave had a conversation about it to say, like, you know, other than leave them and we own three months, four months, whatever, the sensible thing to do is get rid of the horses here and now. And um, that's what we've done. You know, it's, it's no fun owing people. I, you know, I don't know anybody. I don't want to owe anybody. I, I definitely don't want to put them in problems because I can't pay. So now, now, sort of what, 10 years later, yeah. um, that easy source of revenue isn't there anymore with, oh. the, with the in running. So do you, ever, do you ever wake up in cold sweats thinking about the money that went through your hands owning all those horses that maybe you could have bought a row of houses or something? Yeah, could have, could have Simon, uh, you know, now i got a couple of children. Should I have done that? Yeah, I should have. But what a great time, like me and Dave had, you know, and if if it happened again tomorrow, something of that nature come along, would I go down the horses again? Yeah. You know, great, brilliant time in my life. Right, Brett, you, talk, you said at the beginning we talked about trotting. Now, not many... Well, I'm not really familiar with trotting. I know that people like Pino and all that, they, they go. So is it, is it um, is the trotting sort of scene regionally based? Uh, it, there's a, a circuit in West, West and South Wales. There's a stronger circuit in the northeast of England um, and Scotland. And is it is it like regulated or the rules? Yeah, is yeah, it? yeah. Probably it's, um, it's uh, jockey club rules and... They're not always abided by, but it's it's uh, the big meetings are very very good, very very good. And is this something that you've always that you stuck with, or did it get did it get put on the back burner when you were getting all your fortunes? It, it got put on the back burner, but I've still always stuck with it. With a you know a nice Saturday Sunday afternoon, and the meeting was local, or the big meeting in Trigaran, or Appleby, which is up in uh, Cumbria. I would go. I would you know I would work my week around I'm actually going here like fantastic uh, it's a fantastic sport it never take off in in the UK simply because it's not straight enough right so but you so but you got into it via bookmaking yeah I used to uh, represent a uh, gentleman Noel Thomas when I was 18 I used to go to the point I used to go to the the, uh, the trotting uh, with his card um, I, the first time I ever went, he tipped me seven out of nine winners. I've come home and done my money. I just thought you had to fill the bag with money. But, you know, it you know, didn't take me long to cotton on. And that's what I used to do on a Saturday afternoon. So when you, you're sort of alluding to maybe it's not entirely straight, so you've got to play the punter. Yeah. You've got to play against the punters and pick and choose your battles. Yeah, you've got to... Um, one, thi one thing, as a bookmaker... Uh, one thing I don't agree with it with, and if I put five to two on the board, I want to lay you, the cat, the owner, the trainer, anybody. I want to, and I lay you a fair bet, very very fair bet. Um, I, you do then you respect that person, but I would always lay them, you know, as but strong you, as anybody. You'd lay me more than you'd lay. No, no, I'd lay you all the same. Right, I'd so, lay you all the same. So if you've got a figure in your mind how much you want to eat, lay each, each horse to lose? Dependent on where you are. Uh, I've only got pictures in the two big meetings now, uh, Trigaran and Musselburgh, with my mate. And 
we're eating five grand, you know, in a grass field in Ceredigion. Uh, we lay a bit more in Musselburgh because the market is stronger and um, they go the other, the, every race in Great Britain goes left-handed, but Musselburgh, because they use a racetrack, they got to go right-handed. And like you do get horses beat for that reason. And But yeah, like right, lay five, 5,000 or one or whatever. There's nowhere to go with these bets because there's no, no bet nowhere fair, to go. No, no nowhere exchanges. to go. So what was the biggest bet you've laid on on a, on a trotting? We laid a twelve thousand to four a horse by the name of Portis Town Jack in uh, Musselburgh, and I'll never ever forget. We've taken four bets and we've taken seven thousand and seven pound. That was you know not four bets on the race, but after like one minute, we laid a favourite two to one to three grand or a fiver and two quid. Anyway. Um, I still believe that's the biggest bet struck, you know. I know Pino have laid a 10,000 to one, one, a winner actually, but he did, you know, he had a lot, well, he had 300 quid back with me. Um, but I think that's the biggest bet ever struck. So what, what did you do with it? Just throw it in the bag. And what happened? I think it's finished about six of 12. I did have the binoculars on right till they passed the line. I got to be honest. <laughs> But I think I think we've we've in the end we've got it for seven grand or something. Um, the fella who's had the bet, who's the owner, uh, delighted because like obviously after we've laid the bet, we don't want to we, we can't go up. It's two to one, two to one everywhere. You know all of them. Brett have laid the twelve thousand for this and all that. And uh, and that was that. Like you know what I mean? He, he's delighted. You know, in our heads, me and a gentleman called John Smart, who's the best judge of harness racing by a long, long way. Uh, I've got a red so we said five, six to one. So we got to lay him. So you took your chances with it, but you've owned some of these horses as well, these harness. Yeah. I, it's great success. Yes, I've owned probably 20 to 25 harness races, harness racing horses. Uh, the best one being a horse called Meticulous. We bought as a yearling, me and... Uh, I met Brett from up uh, uh, north northeast. Um, he won. He won eighteen times in the UK. Sixteen wins, two seconds. And then he's gone to America. He's won his first seven, I think. And he's won about three hundred thousand in America. Fastest horse ever to go from the British Isles. Now these. Trotting horses. Yeah. Do they cross over from horse racing? Are they thoroughbreds? No, no, no. They stand breads. Um, there's two kinds of trotting thing. There's a trotter, which front right and back left go in unison, and there's a pacer, which is what I, what I have. They back and front legs. They right and left hand side go together. Okay. Now you um. So you've done well. I assume you've done well at the, at, you know, the trotting, making a book and. Definitely owning. Yeah. Um, you also jumped the fence and became a bookmaker at the Cheltenham Festival. Where did that go? We bought number 17 on the rails at the Cheltenham Festival. And it was two of us in chair, me and my mate. Brett, the, the boy who owned them, uh, meticulous with me. Uh, just, we thought that it didn't matter who you bet next to, you know, we'll be the not the big I am's, but the, you know, we'll take anybody on. We're not bothered by this. We're not bothered by that. Couldn't have been more wrong about the situation. 
Even at the festival? At the festival. Couldn't be more wrong about it. Uh, we contemplated betting without the favourite. And, like, you know, somebody said to me, I got number 17 on the rails. You bet, I think you bet eight, number eight, down the line. And you're going to bet without the favourite at the festival. Like, well, what are you doing? But we just could not, we could not make it pay. What, why was that? Uh, two book. I'm not, not blaming them, saying money and... You know, when people say about me, I you know, I don't take any notice. There's two bookmakers on the on, on our left hand side, which is in front of us. Uh one's one they tell me is the best judge of racing ever. Uh I believe he pays premium charge and he doesn't bet in running. I know nobody else does that. And next door to us uh, Who's that? Can you mention the name? Da, yeah, Dan Egg. You know, I, nothing bad to say about him. I wish I was as good as him. Uh Christian White bet next to me that next door, and like just a phenomenally strong bookmaker. You know, he he left nothing nothing off for, for you. You know, the horse is two point seven four on the machine. He's seven to four. The horse is twelve twelve on the machine. He's eleven to one. And you got to try and get him past him. Couldn't. So did you just you just lasted one? Not two. We went to two party powers and two. Two festivals. Uh, as it happened, we didn't lose any money on the pitch. You know, for what we bought it for, we had the same money back. But we've worked ten days for absolutely nothing with big headaches. Uh, the only bet I can ever remember refusing, not refusing, but cutting. A fellow asked me to forty thousand to one each way at the party power meeting, and I offered him a. 40 monkeys each way because I said I can't pay you know I don't care I didn't have 50 grand in my pocket and uh, he politely told me to go away which I couldn't believe and that's the only bet I can ever remember cutting you know but that was because I couldn't pay you know I didn't have the money I don't know the fella from Adam and and did it win? no it went off 66 <laughs> but you just you know you just don't think these people exist you you know, he must have been the owner or something. I, I had no idea, but uh, never sighted. And you've also had a little go on dog racing. Yeah, uh, but a couple of dogs with Gary Wiltshire. Um, nothing great. I've had a couple of dogs with uh, Kevin Lambert and Martin Carpenter, which won a few races. Uh, I used to go around the Sky Nights. Uh, never miss a Sky Night. I, I used to do in running at the Sky Nights. Um brilliant brilliant like you know travel romford yarmouth just do the in running because there'd be nobody else there and fantastic and stand in the ring i'd have bet for on my phone and anything any above i'd bet and then i'd have 666 pound every click on the, on the docks so you made you you made it pay I made it pay, but it was but it was an enjoyable, very very enjoyable time in my life. You know, I'd phone Steve from Worcester and say, "Oh, where's the dogs next week?" Because I wouldn't know. Oh, Romford. I'm like, "Okay, I'll see you there Tuesday night." And off I'd go, and I'd try and do a race meeting on the way there, and just generally love life. Made it pay, yes, but but didn't matter. You know, I it was one of my enjoyments. Right, Brett, before we go on to what you're actually up to now, and how you carry on, um, 
going back to the race course, there's a few race course bookmakers that you would think, nah, I'm not going to take them on. A race, not, not actual race course bookmakers. Um, it took me a little while to realise at the point to point if Mark Hill was the top price to the horse I wanted to bet. Too, um, he's too clever for me. Like he's, you know, I can tell you one story about him in a minute. Uh, and at the trotting, there's a, f- a fella called John Smart from Scotland, astronomical, like the, the, the fantastic. So I don't, you know, if he's three to one about the five to two chance, I want to bet the three to one. I don't, you know, I miss winners, but I know what I'm bet off. Anyway, uh, within a within a field, Macken, I think it was, uh, point to point, three hours, either two or three hours race, hunt race. Mark Hill's betting on the distances. Under five, le- five lengths and below, six to four, five to ten, six to four, and over ten, one to two or whatever. Anyway, so it's uh, 600 to four under five, Mark. Leaves me 300 to two. Puts up even. I said, even monkey, Mark? Even 200 quid? I don't know why. He's put up four to six. 600 to four on Mark. And he politely told me to go away. Well, he then sees me run into the jockey's tent because my... Big mate of mine was riding the 14 to 1 on chance. And uh, anyway, it's one a length, or last three quarter of a length or something. And uh, when he's paid me, he said, uh, you will never, ever, ever have me again. And uh, like I said, like, me and Mark, we talk, we, you know what I mean? No no hard feelings at all. And, and uh, total respect for the man. You don't feel bad about doing that? Well, at the time, it was like doggy dog. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I know. I, I didn't really know him. I knew him, but I, I, I had respect for him, and after that, I think he had respect for me. So, yeah, so you know, he's listen. He's in front, you know, <laughs> to make no mistakes. But uh, that's a funny story. But like you said, he's um, great. If I'd seen him in Worcester or during the summer, I had a little chat to him, and uh, he had a little giggle, which is rare for him. But uh, you know, he's like all the respect in the world for people like uh, Mark Hill. Okay, so you you told us at the beginning of this that you don't describe yourself as a professional punter, but you don't do anything else. So you make it, you know, you're in a nice house and you you, you make it pay. So what what sort of scale are you betting at these days? Also, scale, I probably turn over twenty thousand pound a week. Uh, where before I used to turn over £120,000 a week. Um, I do a lot now, like, I, I I want to tell you about the charity in a minute. Um, I just do a lot, a lot of things for, you know, I, I like I bet on the World Cup, but before, where before I'd have two grand on Ecuador, I'd have 200 quid on, you know, but I'm sat by there and I want to watch the World Cup. But right, is that because you think you've got an edge or just no, because you want entertainment? No, entertainment. Solely entertainment. Uh, like I said, uh, I have got somebody who's... I don't ask questions. I don't ask him how he knows. Just when I have a text to say, do this, I do it. Okay, so what, why, why, does he, why does he tell you? I helped him a fair bit when I had horses. Um, I got no idea who he knows, how he knows, who tells him, if he has money on for people. I got no idea. But he's just right. He's just just right. He, you know, I, I can't get on in the morning. I can't get on overnight. 
So I have to rely on, like, I understand all the lambda ten about even money, and I understand a lot. But to me, the horse or event has to go my way today because I'm not having another chance. And, like, you've got to pick and choose, you know, what stables you bet and accounts and everything like that. But, that, like, without him, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I'd struggle to make it pay. No, so, so you're in quite a precarious position. I mean, if this, anything, God forbid, happens to this guy or he suddenly decided, Brett's ruining my market, I'm not telling him anymore. Yeah. I mean, what, what would you, how would you, what would you do? Uh, Nick and his, as for Nick and his market, he knows I, he knows I wouldn't do that. Um, that's not my game at all. Um, what would I do? I, I, no idea. Um, like, I'm very, very lucky in life because when one thing I the end running closes, I've met up with another person who is now like, you know, my breadwinner. Um, I, I, I try and do, I try and do good things. So like, will someone else come along? Who knows? Just hope they do. You know, so, uh, what I mean, you, you bet twenty thousand pound a week. Yeah, turn, turn over twenty thousand yeah, pound yeah. a week. A lot of people struggle to even get that sort of money on unless they're a complete steamers. Yeah. So how do you manage it? I've got two people with fair accounts that have done their absolute brains in themselves. Um, I use BetDAC, which I can't beat. Um, I detest Betfair. Not de- I don't detest it. I just don't agree with the philosophies. Um, and, like, you know, the shop, shops and stuff? Small, very, very, very minuscule bet shops. Um, you know, they got pictures of my mother and, you know, next to the pencil man and things like that, you know. Have you, um, do you like, do you keep any sort of records? No. So you don't, I mean, you, you don't, even analyse what your man gives you. You don't think, hang on, he's really strong when he tips up certain yards and you don't know the difference. Is he just generally good? Just generally different class. Top, top class. Uh, I'll tell you quickly a story. There's a very, very famous footballer. I won't mention his name. People know I know him. Oh, uh, he, he would tip me various, various different things. If he tipped me one from Simcox's yard, it would win. And, um, you know, that, that, I caught on to that. But my my uh, inside information, man, is not like football matches. and not, They're not crooked. No, you know, it's not crooked. Nothing crooked about it. It's just like the right people. Okay, but I'm interested in what, you know, if you're doing it, you've got to make it pay. So you're getting really, really sharp information off your mate. Yeah. And then you sit down and toss 200 quid away on the football. I mean, where, how do you square that? Why would you do that? Do you have to have, a, is it like a bit of, you have to have a bit of excitement? Yes. You know, if... Um, if you don't mind giving away 200 quid. I, this is what I think, Simon, right? I think on BetDAC, uh, Ecuador yesterday with 2.3, I think. So I have a 200 quid on. If I have 100 bets, I'll do 2%. You know what I mean? I, I don't mind giving 200 quid to have 10, 100 football matches to watch. Because all you'll do over a period of time, because I know nothing about it, I do think the exchange markets are right. And, you know, even money chances win 50% of the time. So all you'll do is you were 2%. And I can live with that. Okay, then before, before we actually started filming this, you were telling me a little bit about bookmakers not wanting to take your bets etc but I was interested that you when you said that you wouldn't want to take on Mark Hill yeah 
or the guy from Scotland. So do you have a little bit of an understanding as to why when Brett Lloyd rings up for one, they don't particularly want to name you? I, I, I totally understand. I totally understand. But what I can't, uh, this is what I can't say, William Mills, Coral, anybody. Like, if they can't lay me, like, I, I previously, I used to get, if I wanted to be on, I'd get on somehow, right? I, if I'm William Mill, or whoever's in charge of William I would rather know it's Brett Lloyd than think it's some fella and, and adjust accordingly. Surely they can they can absorb my 2001 and use my information, or use, if I'm that good, use my information, or if I'm not that good, well, leave me anyway. What, what's the problem? I, I struggle with that, you know. And as a bookmaker, I, I don't care who I lay. If it's the right money, yeah, you're on. Because I've put five to two on the board, expecting the right money. You know, listen, I don't want Tony Bloom ringing me up and wanting to bet America against Wales tonight. You know what I mean? Even though it's the World Cup, I know for one million percent he is far too good for me. I might beat him today, I might beat him tomorrow, I might beat him for a month. He won't beat him in the end. He owns a football club. You know, he live in a little house in Swansea. <laughs> there's no, there's no, uh, no comparison, right? Now, now we talked about gambling for mm. four parts. Not, it's not all about what you can take, though, is it? Because you didn't you fund a, a playground? Oh, in Swansea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What what happened a number of years ago? Uh, a group of my mates we used to chuck two hundred, five hundred pounds in each, and at the Cheltenham Festival, I would send them the bets, and whatever was left at the end, we'd give to charity. So if there was, I think it was. 12 of us, every single one of them, I've had a chosen charity with a thousand pound, two thousand pounds. Anyway, cutting a long story short, uh, until four years ago, I would have bet in William Hills. I'd love one of the football magicians to tell me, I bet 14 to 1, every team to score, every team to have a yellow card, and every team to have one corner. And I got, I think I got 260 pounds left off from, Ch from the Cheltenham fund. I paid out, you know, different, because it was not all about me. I, you know, if you if you was involved and you had a charity, like a, bought a minibus for the elderly in Brecon and various different things. But anyway, the, um, my, I got a disabled son. Uh, he got a thing called ATRX. Well, it's a place called Stepping Stones, which brought him on incredibly. So anyway, I've had two, either two or, anyway, X amount of money on this 14 to 1 chance for the World Cup's copped. So my wife phones the lady in charge and she says, oh, I've got some money for you and all that. So I've gone down with him. She's expecting 200 quid or something. You know? So I've got 2,000 odd pound, I give her. Well, honestly, so I'm about to walk out. She's taking me, she's saying, oh, you're going to buy this soft play for these little children and I'm like, and the disabled children. And like, I'm like, you know, my lips go in, do you know what I mean? I'm, and she's like, give my boy Theo. And like, I couldn't believe it. And like, since then, anything I can do to... I, I, I want to help these like children, like disabled children. Like my son's the happiest kid in the world. But, you know, some people are not so fortunate. Thing And like, if anybody, not a cry for help, if anybody who makes it pay, what, like I, I don't want your money, I'll use my own money. If you make it pay and you want to help disabled children or whatever, get in, go, get in touch with me through you. I'll send you the thing, I know. Anybody in the world will tell I'm the straightest fellow in the world. If anybody who makes you pay at anything, I'll use my own money 
and I'll, you know, I'll send things on to you from, you know, I got certificates, you bought this, a minibus for the elderly. I want to do things like that. I really want to do it, you know, it gives me massive, massive pleasure. And you, you said earlier that you do good things, yeah. which you, you do, um, and you get your you think you get your reward. In some, I, 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 I well, genuinely you get your reward for, for how you feel, but you get your reward as in you've been a lucky person. Very incredible. So the final question, you're, you know, for best, other, um, for want of other words, you are still a professional gambler. Right. Is there a future in professional gambling? Is there a future in professional gambling? Well, there could be, but it's like the, the bookmaking fraternity moan, oh, there's no youngsters. There's no youngsters because if you're successful, you know, what's the, what's the point like a young boy playing football if the minute Man United sign him, they're going to cut his feet off? You know what? They, people, ain't, people ain't fools. They ain't coming through working hard. With, like my son, i got a son, 11-year-old. I'd love him to be a professional gambler. But it's impossible because they're making it so difficult for you. You know, there's there's got to be, there's got to be a way around things. Like for, for I understand you don't want to lay me a, you know, selling noodle at Ledlow tomorrow. I understand that, but like you know, I wanted to bet Samoa to to be Tonga in the quarterfinal of the World Cup. Kid about three hundred quid on me. I come close. The quarter final of the Rugby League World Cup, and they bet in the outside of the two. I come closed. That's not right to sign. You know. So I don't know. I don't know whether my next move will be. I, I've thought about working for bookmakers. I was offered a job previously. I've been offered a job with the bookmaker for three or four years. As long as I could work from here, go and pick my children up from school, crash. You know, it suit me down to the ground. What do I want? I want to sit by you this time next year with, if I get exactly the same amount of money, I'd have lived my life and I've given X amount of money, whether it's a few hundred quid, a few grand, to, to a charity. Like, I like children, I like disabled children charities because I think like they they do nothing wrong, you know, they're born like that. They know that they, they're the happiest kids in the world and like nothing gives me more pleasure than to give, you know, to, give, to help them. Like if I can build another playground from be the first thing I do. So, like I said, if any of the professionals want to get in touch with me, I don't want your money. Just tell me what you t- help help handicap children. Brilliant. Well, that's a brilliant thing to end on, Brett. Thank you very much for talking to us. Thank you very much, Sam. If anybody does want to get in contact with Brett, if any of you quit, get over to me, and we'll pass it yeah. on. Yeah. Like I said, I don't want your money. No, I lose my own money. If I lose, I lose. You know, if you're a if you're a if you're a winner at anything, just you know, I'll give you a spin. No complaints. Could I lose my money anyway?